Let's get more on today's Victorian racing. It's time for Big V Saturday. 27 to 10 by G. What a day of racing we've got. We've got the Cranberry Cup on. We've got a magnificent night of harness racing. And Georgie Ferrugia is just sitting there like grinning like a cat coming out of a fish shop at the night of uh, Greyhound Racing tonight at Sandown. How are you, George? Good. Uh, Sean, how are you, mate? Wait, terrific. What a night of racing this is tonight at Sandown. It's a beauty. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, I know the, the races are called preludes, but it is a perfect prelude to um, the Melbourne Cup heats. But for the first time in the history of our sport, there are three greyhounds going up against each other who have all won over a million dollars in prize money. Unbelievable. That's just, that's just extraordinary. And, you know, I think a lot of people just can't wait for that clash between She's a Pearl and wow, she's fast. But let's not forget about the other two boys. One of them won a top gun and the other one won a million-dollar chase. So they're no slouches. So really looking forward to that. Now let's race nine tonight at 9.25. Let's just look at it. We've got She's a Pearl coming out of the red. Wow, she's fast out of three. Photo Man comes out of five. And McInerney out of seven. I mean, the focus, everyone, we're all wondering, wow, she's fast. Because she got squeezed out the other night, had no luck. Um, she got a vacant box either side tonight, but she's a pearl as quick. Yeah, she certainly is. She, and if she brings that quickness or that A game early, she's going to have to. If wow, she's fast, um, if it clears her, um, she'll be very, very hard to hold out. Oh, look, I think... They're using this race as a little bit of a, um, a, a trial, obviously, for She's a Pearl. And if she does do well, she'll race uh, in the heats of the Melbourne Cup. But, look, I think on her home deck, where well, she's fast, will be incredibly hard to beat. Because we know that she can run below 29 seconds. And if she's anywhere near that or near her best, um, Cozzy, she'll be winning. Um, as I said, the other two greyhounds are no sl- uh, slouches. And I, I noticed McInerney was $19 and now into about $11. He's going to have his supporters as well. But... Oh, it's just a cracking race. Absolute cracker. Um, and th- these two were supposed to meet um, the week before the Top Gun at the Meadows. It didn't happen. I'm just glad it's happening now. George, I know he's the outsider, Photo Man, at $15. He won the other night. At, at Sandown, he's run about 5.06 to the first mark. He can go quick too. Yeah, and he's got a good PB. But he's got a PB of 29.36, which is nothing to be sneezed at. The, the issue is that while she's fast, obviously, can go... A lot quicker than that. I think Photo Man can go quicker than 29.36 too. But, um, again, it's bad that she didn't win last week and the Adelaide Cup. But I think if she did win the Top Gun, I don't think we would have seen her this week. I think they would have got her right. I think they're using this shootout race as a real sort of just a confidence booster for her. So, in a sense, for the selfish Greyhound fan, it's just great that we're seeing her. Uh, So... And if she leads Photo Man, then you know, it's very hard to see um, him running her down. So I can understand the big odds for the two wider greyhounds if she's at her best. And we all know she's a pearl at her best. Her first splits are outstanding. But we'll know a lot after the first 50 to 100 metres. All right. What's going to be the result? I think now she's fast to win. Um, I know that she's got two duck eggs near her name at the moment. And before that, she was on a winning streak like no other, uh, winning Group 1s and just nearly breaking Aston Rupee's track record. So if she's... And by all reports, and I think we had Cal on the radio, she had been trolling very, very well in the lead-up to the Top Gun. So I think with the vacant boxes around her, she'll be able to showcase some of that absolute talent and be really hard to beat. All right, let's look at these uh, preludes. And we bounced the ball with uh, race four, and uh, that's um, prelude number eight. Kai Bale, Zipping Kyrgios. 
Yeah, and, and Ron Down. Dan, he's my selection in the race. Mm-hmm. Greyhound drawn off box five. Because um, you just have to go and watch his run last start at the Meadows. It was absolutely incredible. I know he ran 30 and 15 overall, but he had no right to even get as close as he did. He's got a 29.25 PB here. Again, this is the third week in a row he's drawn box five, so no luck there. But if he's anywhere near them, just watch out. He's a, a, a talented greyhound. As he's zipping Kyrgios, we discussed what a warrior he is. Um, he comes to Sandown for the first time in 75 career starts. And uh, look, he's run well, certainly nothing to be sneezed at in the top gun. I thought he handled himself really well, and he's drawn okay today. So they're the two I think to look out for. All right. We look at the the next race five. Now, this greyhound deadly class, Anthony, as a party, there's been a massive rap on it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's already a group winner. He fell last start. The only fly in the ointment here for mine is the box draw because he does like to look for the fence. He hasn't won outside uh, of anything outside of box four. He'll get there. I mean, he's only had the 14 starts. He's certainly capable, and it might be tonight. Um, but I'm looking sort of closer to the rails. I think a greyhound like Quick Smart or My Neo will be fairly hard to beat here. Quick Smart's got a really good 29.13 PB. He doesn't always have the best early speed. His last couple of runs have been disappointing, but he's got the um, the Britain polish uh, on this occasion, Tim, and he's my top tip. <coughs> Pardon me. All right. Now, race six is uh, Prelude 10 of the Cup. Uh, the reserve's not needed. Aston Barrack, the red, is the favourite here, 240, uh, plaintiff at 330, and they're pretty clear cut. Happy to have a go at plaintiff at $3.30. I think he can bounce back to his best. He just missed the start. He dwelt a little bit, which is not his, his, his caper. He's usually a very, very good beginner. If we go to the start before that, he led everywhere but the post in 29.75 at the Meadows, and I think if he can begin cleanly, he'll be hard to beat. Um, Aston Barrack was very, very good last week at Sandown on debut. I mean, that's an incredible effort, 29.39. So he's not going to be easy to beat. Landon Bale's got a huge future um, um, and actually beat Plaintiff last start. But I think Plaintiff can bounce back here, and we're happy to take the 3.30. Thanks, so just thinking to myself, George, because the quality of greyhounds going around tonight at Sandown, what do you reckon the qu- how low do you reckon I'll get time-wise? Oh, look, it just... Uh, the weather holds out, um, Cosy, we're going to see some really low 29-second runs. There's no doubt about it. And some of these greyhounds will set PBs, and they will really please their trainer to set a PB in a week before a Melbourne Cup. And I think Plaintiff has an opportunity to do that tonight. OK. Prelude 11 is race 7. Uh, reserves not required. A shorty here on the red shipwreck. <clears throat> yeah, I've got him on top. I think he'll win. Two starts ago, he defeated Landon Bale. He went 5-0-3, Cosy. I know Amron boys in the race, and again, it just it harks back to the quality of, of, of these races. But I just think Shipwreck off the draw will be very, very hard to beat. His run last week behind Landon Bale was good after defeating him. He's got a greyhound in box two, Dusty Burtsky, who hasn't won in a little while. He's not showing that much early speed. So if Shipwreck can jump cleanly, he's the greyhound to beat, clearly. All right, and a good late scratching just come through. And it is for Terang Gallops. Late scratching there, race five, number six, Secret Hero. Race five, number six, Secret Hero. Now, uh, race eight is the uh, Prelude 12 for the Melbourne Cup. Gee, this looks an open race, and the market is reflecting that. Dookie Devil, the white, the three is 3.90. You get $4 about five Dynamic Prince, 4.40 about seven Jungle Panther, and $5 about two Panda, uh, Panadero Warrior. Yeah, you're right. I think it's, it's probably the most open. I've got Dookie Devil on top here. I know... Some people have some concerns because he's stepping back from 600 metres to the 525, but I don't share that view because I think he's a very, very fast greyhound who can clearly run the hands off the clock over 500 metres as well. 
Um, he loves Sandown as well. Um, he hasn't uh, been defeated here for, for a little bit, and I think he'll get the job done. He's got a slow beginner on his outside. Panadero Warrior can be hit or miss, and he's certainly a chance dynamic prince as well. He's a greyhound who broke the clock at, at sale running 29.18. That's outstanding, and he has got a 29.18 PB here at Sandown. So it's going to take something like that to win the race. Uh, I think Dukey Devil can do it. Righto, race 10, Prelude 13, and the reserve's not needed. Another open race here. Three Titan Blazer, 320. 380 about number five, Power of Buddy. 480 about seven, Zipping Orlando. A few in the market. There is, but I'm keen on Titan Blazer. I thought his run last week was very good. He um, led that RSN Silver Bullet. Kelsey Bale came over the top of him, and probably on face value, if they ran 30 seconds, you'd say it would have been a bit disappointing, but she ran 29.56 if you don't mind, and Titan Blazer ran 29.78 himself. Goes good around here. Um, slow beginner on his outside. He should be able to outpace um, Rock Me Rocco. And I think even if he uh, matches motors with Chick early, I think he'd probably have her measure. Titan Blazer for one of the best of the night for me, race 10 number 3. Right, the 11th, we pull out 7 Revolution and 10 Majestic J. You mentioned Kelsey Bale. It's $2 even in this. Yeah, Revolution was going to be my on topper. It's a shame he's scratched. Um, yeah, look, I've got Kelsey Bale on top. I mean, hard to tip against her running 29.56. There is a fly in the ointment. She's not always well away. And you've got to, you've got a very talented dog on her outside called Hector Fawley who can go very well. French Martini is clearly the, the interesting runner because we've seen her um, run near the tail of the field in that top gun. She's clearly a lot better than that. She's got solid records from wide draws. But I just think Kelsey, um, he looks like she's coming to form at the right time. She's one of those greyhounds that doesn't need to lead to win, as we've seen. And just that form line read so well in that RSN silver bullet that it's hard to tip against her. So Kelsey Bale on top. Right, Prelude 15. Here's race 12. We put a line through four Aston Shine and nine Zivon Bale. Favourite Paddy wants Pat the three at $2.70. You get 380 about five amplified, 360 about seven Dundee Smoky. Yeah, look, I think Penny Watts Pats would be hard to beat if he can replicate his best. And his best racing is when he can just get out and go and ping the lids. And we've seen that at Sandown. Even though he got defeated by McInerney, he went five dead to the mark and 29-31 overall. That, that, that would be a winning uh, time for him today. It's not the hardest of the, of the preludes. Uh, there is a little bit of speed drawn underneath him. A greyhound certainly has still got to prove himself in this class and most of his form has been on provincial tracks. I just think Paddy brings an ounce of class here and it'll be hard to beat. All right, now we've got... Uh, what's the story of Aston Velvet? Yeah, obviously, after winning last week, um, taking out the Hume Cup, we uh, we don't have to wait long to see her again. She's in race one. She's drawn box five. And, look, uh, clearly she'll be set for the mm. bold trees um, the week after. Um, and I just think uh, Michelle uh, Malia is obviously just making sure her confidence is still up and about before she steps up in distance. So... Yeah. That's an interesting uh, runner. Um, there's a couple of nice little races actually um, earlier in the program. It's a dollar ninety-five like, Aston Velvet too short. Yeah, it is short. Uh, I thought it might be a little bit shorter. Um, I tell you, a good race is race three as well. That was hard to pick a winner. There's grounds like Golden Quest, the, the New South Wales uh, chaser, Zipping Virginia, who was good last week. Alfie Moon Quarter. That's a cracking race as well. So even um, though we're all looking forward to the shootout and some of the preludes, there's some uh, nice races over the 700. Got a couple of Phoenix runners engaged too. Yeah, obviously um, we see Plaintiff go around, um, which is uh, very, very exciting. And wow, she's fast. Um, and we're getting closer to decision time, um, mm. Cosy, for, for some of those other spots. 
obviously in Queensland they're going to have to go through a, a race qualif- qualification period, pardon me, and um, that's going to be really interesting to see uh, as obviously they ran second last year, the Queenslanders, with Spotted Elk. So um, they'll be looking to go one better. It's all going to heat up, but first things first, this shootout, I just I, I can't wait. And I, I'm really proud of how far Grand Racing's come where we can say that three out of the four are million-dollar winners. And, the, and the, the one that isn't took out the Top Gun last start and um, could possibly be on his way to winning a million. It's, it's incredible. Now, for families who want to go along tonight, I reckon the kids will love it. You're an Afghan race on, haven't you? There is an Afghan race. <laughs> you know, what, what I like about these is um, a couple of them don't fail, fail to finish the course. Yes. <laughs> it is a little bit of mayhem, but there's always one that's an absolute mad chaser and um, wins by about 15 lengths. We've just got to pick the right one. So we're going to broadcast that live on racing.com. <laughs> and, um, obviously, um, keep in touch with, with RSM with all the updates uh, tonight. It's going to be a huge night of racing. I'm wrapped at... Apart from Revolution, all the big guns are in and we don't see any scratchings, which is fantastic and hope for um, some really good racing tonight. All right, now I want a best bet and some quaddies. Okay, uh, quaddie numbers. First leg, 2, 8, 3 and 6. Second leg, 4, 1, 2 and 5. Third leg, 1, 6, 2 and 7. And we come home with 3, 5, 7 and 4. Look, I'm going to take a, a little bit of a multi here. I'm going to throw Wow, She's Fast in, who's race 9, number 3. Um, in with Shipwreck, um, or Shipwreck, sorry. I'm just getting to him at the moment. What race is he? He's race seven, number one. So race seven, number one, into race nine, number three. Can't wait for tonight. There's a lot of good interstate um, vibes about it as well. Some of these greyhounds will be looking to take our, uh, take our chocolates, but uh, we won't make it easy, easy for him, and it'll start with the shootout. Good on you, George. We'll talk to you during the week. No worries, mate. Have a good day. Across Victoria, you're on RSN's Big V Saturday. Cracking the codes after 10 o'clock, but let's look at harness racing now. Joining me from Trots Vision is Ryan Field. Morning, Ryan. Good morning, Sean. Great to be with you and uh, great to be talking harness racing with all of the RSN listeners. Got a ripper night at Milton tonight. Got a couple of Group 3s on there. We've got the Breeders' Crown Series, the whole lot. And looking at the fields, it looks like Emma Stewart may well again get RSI with winners. Yeah, you, you're spot on, Sean. It's it's really an exciting time for harness racing in Victoria through the month of November and really into the coming summer months. We've got the Breeders' Crown semi-finals tonight, as you mentioned, the finals next week, the 19th. Then we roll into three weeks of the Inner Dominion series, Ballarat on the 26th, Shepparton on the 29th, Geelong on the 3rd, and then of course, the Inter-Dominion final on the 10th and then into the Vic Bread Super Series. You've got the Country Cups in January and the Hunter Cup in February. So it's a really busy time and it really feels like it kicks off tonight with the Breeders' Crown semi-finals at Melton. Emma Stewart, as you correctly pointed out, gee, what an amazing record-breaking trainer she's been over really the last decade, but in particular the last 18 months has just been extraordinary. Just think about this tonight, Sean, with the the Breeders' Semis. She's got 31 runners in total tonight. Just think about that barn and how many horses they're going to have to be saddling up throughout the night. That's one busy camp. For For the Breeders itself, they've got 30 of the 91 runners. So a third of the the runners for the Breeders' Crown Semis tonight will all be Emma Stewart runners, which is quite extraordinary. And the first of them kicks off with arguably the horse that they say is 
potentially the best horse in their stable in the Lost Storm. He's a dollar twenty-five favourite in the first race tonight, which is the semi-finals for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. This horse has just been absolutely breathtaking in its career so far. It won its heat pretty comfortably. The time wasn't overly fast, but the last quarter was scintillating 25.6 for two-year-olds to run that sort of time. You'd expect that the Lost Storm will justify that short price quote. He's obviously going to be the standout, and you would think the stablemate's perfect class and major celebrity might be the ones to play on the second line there. So he'll be a, a pretty confident way that punters will be starting off the evening. And Emma Stewart, again, has the favourite in the second race in Teshi's Watching. Very well-bred cult, unbeaten in three runs, and uh, has run a career best of 153.32 back. So you would think, similar to the first race with the Lost Storm, it should find the lead and win. And you would think in race two that Teshi's watching should find the lead and win. So after two races tonight, you would say Emma Stewart will probably lock away the first two and, and kick off what looks to be a pretty good night for her stable. Ryan, it doesn't matter what code or, or whatever you look at, you rarely see someone dominate with youngsters. I mean... Yeah, back to the days like Cliff Farner with the two-year-olds in Melbourne many, many years ago. He used to fly with them, but Emma Stewart is just amazing what she's done. Yeah, it's it's quite incredible. I think where their stable has taken another step in the last couple of years, Sean, is they're not just dominating the two- and three-year-old races. We'll see through the Inner Dominion series that a number of those horses are now progressing to open class and being really viable chances in those sorts of races as well. So they've worked on their, fine-tuned their training regime over the last couple of years. I was lucky enough to go out to their stables about a month ago to, to profile their superstar ladies in red and just get a, a close-hand look at their operation. They are super-fit horses. They work them two heats, but they've got a great recovery system as well, which I think has been key to their longevity over the past 18 months or so, and they're starting to see the results. Now, the uh, two-year-old Phillies races three and four, are they a little bit more even? I think they are, but in saying that, whilst we're not going to really be talking in race three, a, a strong Emma Stewart chance in tempting Tiger. She's on the third line, and yes, I, I think certainly has a blowout chance. We're actually talking about, I think, one of the, the best two-year-old fillies in Australia right now, and that's the Bernie Hewitt-trained Jewel Melody. She's number seven in race three. She's a star filly who's yet to miss a place. Look, she had to work hard when she finished second behind Tempting Tigress uh, in the heat. But I'm just looking at the way the market has moved in the past 24 hours, and I'm suggesting that Jewel Melody, despite being on the outside of the front, may find the lead from number one Soho Seraphine, just the way that market is trending. So I think we'll see this star filly go back to her winning ways. She's won four group ones already this year with the, the gold tiara at Bathurst, the Australian pacing gold, the Albion gold and the triad up there in Queensland. So she's looking for more riches here in Victoria. And I think Jewel Melody will justify her short price quote in race three and race four it is back to emma stewart again because she has her superstar major delight she's unbeaten in seven starts and she won her heat in terrific time 153.3 the times before that at menangle in sydney were out of this world running around 150 so she's an absolute speed machine really looking forward to the mouth-watering clash of those two star fillies going head to head in the final Let's hope they get there uh, for the following week on the 19th for the Breeders' Crown. Um, they're certainly races worth watching tonight. Now, Emma Stewart's going to be out more fillings in uh, the three-year-old divisions. 
Yes, she's absolutely dominating these three-row races. In race six, just behold this, Sean. She's got eight of the 12 runners. Eight of the 12. It's it's quite extraordinary. And, look, she has the favourite in race six in Soho Historia. She's the Queensland Oaks winner. She's the class runner of the field. I wouldn't say out of the earlier chances that we've discussed that Soho Historia is a lock. Her stablemates Beach Life and Rich Beauty from better draws will get cosy runs, and I can see those two particular horses improving. A slight leaning to Soho Historia, but not with a lot of confidence in race number six. In race number seven, she has the odds-on favourite in Encipher. Now, this is an interesting race for Encipher. Um, its heat win was very, very good, but I think this is going to be her stiffest tis- test to date. Drawn on her inside is now another Emma Stewart uh, runner in Amore Vita, a recent acquisition to her stable. Amore Vita was really one of the best three-year-old fillies over this season. Chris Alford takes the drive. She can get a really good run and return to her very best. And then you've got the New South Wales filly in Steno, drawn barrier four with Anthony Butt on board. So... Encipher will face a really stiff test tonight. I see her drifting out a little bit from that quote. She still is the one to beat, but I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset from Amore Vita or Steno. Even Petion off the back row can cause a ball over as well. So that's going to be a really competitive heat, race number seven. Spoke with Emma Stewart a few weeks ago, and I mentioned Captain Ravishing after he won at Melbourne. She's just watching his body language down the back. He looked like a kid in the classroom. He was, oh, what's that? I wonder what that is. She said, yeah, it's almost like he was ADHD. He's just yeah. still doing it despite half not concentrating and so forth. Gee, Weezy's got some promise. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people saying, Sean, that this horse is the next big thing, and I, and I wouldn't talk them out of that thinking. I, I, I guess a really good way to think about a horse like Captain Ravishing is to look at the Tab Eureka market. For those who don't know, the Tab Eureka is the newest and most exciting race on the harness racing calendar, which takes place on the 2nd of September next year. This is a race for three- and four-year-olds. So Captain Ravishing, now a three-year-old, will be a four-year-old come that time next year. He's currently on the second line of the Tab Eureka market. It's scary to think what this horse will be in around 12 months' time come the Tab Eureka. And tonight I think you'll see him at his exciting best and take out that heat. And he'll be... um, Obviously, running good time as well. We, we've seen this horse just let down in, in scintillating fashion when he's been able to run quarters in about 25 and change, which you rarely see them do. So he's making his case to be the best three-year-old in the country behind Leap to Fame. And and in the other heat there, race number eight, look, I think that's a, a bit open. Kafaji is the Emma Stewart runner in there, but I think Kafaji will need a fair bit of luck. Major Perry, I think, from a good draw might be pretty hard to beat, although interest-free is the favourite in that race off the back row, and that will be a competitive race, race number eight. Now, Ryan, does anybody else get a look in tonight? Are there any other highlights? It's actually a really good support card, Sean. Uh, race five is is a free-for-all, and you've, you've got a horse like Torrid Saint who's backing up from its Yarra Valley Cup win. Max Delight is in that race as well. Max Delight was the Victoria Cup winner um, last year. So that's a good quality free-for-all field. And then you've got the second last race, which is also a, a terrific trotters race at Group 3 level. You've got Alderbaran Zeus is in great form, but Majestioso uh, is a star trotter who's resuming um, since July. So it'll be great to see it step out again. And then the last... A mare's race at Group 3 level, but you've got three horses that are absolutely flying. Doug's Babe, Tay-Tay, one of my favourites, Tough Tilly, who, of course, is Ladies in Red's sparring partner with Kate Gather-Board. So, yeah, look, the support card's really strong also. 
Well, right now, Rock and Roll Doom, Majestic Cruiser went across for the New Zealand Cup, Rock and Roll Doom, no luck, unfortunately. Yeah, mixed fortunes. Um, let's start with Rock and Roll Do, the Victoria Cup winner. He was heavily fancied in the New Zealand Cup. Unfortunately, he missed away in that particular race, so it put paid to his chances. And then he backed up in the New Zealand free-for-all yesterday. He ran fifth there. He did have to work hard, but I think all in all, Michael Stanley will be a little bit disappointed. He'll come back and lick his wounds and then mm-hmm. reset for some of the bigger races in, in January and February. But then we had Majestic Cruiser, who will see through the Inter-Dominion Series here in Victoria, run terrific races in both the New Zealand Cup and also the New Zealand Free-for-All, where he ran second in both of those races. You could argue he was the performance of both of those races. So very exciting to have him in Victoria for the heats and the, hopefully the final of the Inter-Dominion for Jason Grimson and Cameron Hart. So, yeah, mixed fortunes for the Aussies in those big races in New Zealand this week. All right, good on you, Ryan. Enjoy the night tonight. It's uh, absolute superb at Melton and uh, we'll catch up with you next week on Big B Racing on Saturdays. Thanks, Sean, and I encourage everyone to get onto the trots.com.au to watch our full coverage tonight. We'll have live barrier draws also for the uh, the big ones, the Breeders' Crown, and you'll get a great insight into the drivers and their information prior to the race. It really helps it uh, helps us find a winner, and don't we all love that? Good on you, Ryan. All the best. News now, and then we've got uh, Cracking the Codes.